Roswell edition. I am one of your co-hosts, Emily, and I have my sister, who is your other co-host. Hello. No. No. Hello. No. Hello. All right. Somebody did a joke uh, dub of Waving Through a Window from Dear Evan Hansen, and... The voice is soft all the time, except for any time they say waving, they just scream, and that's what we're quoting. Very funny. So she made me watch that. Tap, tap, tapping on the glass. (laughs) Through a window. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of the point of this whole podcast. If you are joining us for the first time, one of us, as a sister, picks something the other sister has refused to read or want to let me work really hard to segue from this Instagram meme back into our podcast. Copper, no, stop! I spilled some salad she dressing. She threw on the salad floor. dressing on I my dog. <laughs> <laughs> now he smells like Cafe Rio dressing, and he's very confused because he can't lucky. find it. <laughs> Copper, don't! Absolutely not! No. Anyways, if this is your first time, welcome. We're very excited to have you. Do you know how you greet people? What? By (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Uh, So one of the sisters picked something that they have loved reading, watching, whatever, and the other sister for years has refused to read or watch. And my pick is Roswell, the 1999 version. And Megan's opinion of the show has Fluctuates wildly. Yes. Uh, I was a bit of a Scrooge, a bit of a stinker through the first season, especially after I found out Emily hadn't seen it. I had seen the second season and I loved it very much, which is where we are now. <laughs> right. So that's why I was <laughs> mad about the first season. Anyway, I've tried to speak, but nobody can hear. So I wait around. Anyway, uh, we're in season two now, and my name is Megan, and I'm going to crochet quietly instead of fidgeting in the microphone. Typing. And typing. And being on Twitter. I know. Listen, (laughs) I fidget, okay? It's okay. I still love you. And my name is Emily, and I should be working on my book. I should actually be mowing the lawn. It's been two weeks. It's green and lush and long and overgrown and... Anyways, but instead... We're doing a podcast. We're making a podcast. And we are covering today Roswell Season 2, Episode 8, Meet the Dupes. Megan, this That's is an That's seriously epi- the title? That's the title. I thought you were kidding. No. <laughs> Why not? It just sounded goofy <laughs> for such a serious episode. So in this, in this season, I am not, I'm on your side. I'm not impressed with the titles. It's like... Surprise! End of the world. Summer of forty-seven. Like wipe out. Yeah, like it's sorry to whoever named them. I'm sure it was. I'm. I apologize. I just. I'm not a fan of them. I don't know what else I would have named them, but not that. Dear diary. <laughs> Today I woke up and every. We'll title them like a Japanese light novel. Uh-huh. The day that all the humans disappeared in town, but me and my friend were running an errand. Yes, there you go. And this one would be, you wouldn't believe it. There's another set of us. Which is something you have been I following. knew it. I knew it. Because uh, there was a second set of pods in Summer of 47. Mm-hmm. And they talked about it. In this episode. 
<laughs> we meet the dupes. We meet the duplicate aliens. And we get some delightful... Listen, I love episodes where actors get to play two versions of themselves. Fringe is one of my other all-time favorites. There's some alternate universe stuff going on. And so we get every so often a character playing themselves side by side on the same screen, but like two very different versions of themselves. What's another one? Orphan Black. Oh, Orphan Black. The famous one. And also the new movie starring Rory Kinnear playing man. (laughs) (laughs) And there's one more I'm thinking of. Oh, the Parrot Trap. Yes. Both the Haley Mills and Lindsay Lohan. Just lovely. Just wonderful. So yeah, the this episode deals very heavily with the second set of aliens who are from the inner city of New York. Okay, and I'm going to have to say this was... The show would not be made like this today. Right. This was very uncomfortably 90s. The, the actors are talking with really exaggerated... I'm going to say urban accents. Quote, unquote. Very stereotypical. Yeah. Other, like, other Michael has white people dreads. And just the way they talk. Who raised them? Why are they like this? But we've got Isabel with short spiky hair. We've got Max with braids all over his head. And a braided beard. And Tess with, you know, purple. They're very... Very, you know, punk goth. Yeah. You know, piercings all over, just not themselves. Yeah. With the slang they use and the way they talk, they're trying to sound like black people. Mm -hmm. And it's weird and uncomfortable to watch. But they are walking the streets of New York, the dupes, and they're talking about some kind of... It's not a conference. What's the word they use? Summit. Summit. <laughs> oh, what are all their names? I don't know. They'll talk about it later. Okay. I know Tess is Ava. Max is Zane. I can't remember who Isabel is or who Michael is. Oh, Isabel names herself after Valandra somehow, right? Okay. We'll get there. We're, we're, we'll get there. But, um... You can tell there's tension in the ranks because Zane. Other Max. Other Max is like, we're not going. Even though they've contacted us again, we're not going. And Other Michael is just incensed about this. He's just like, we have to go. And he's like, I'm, I'll am i go without you. And, and Other Max very correctly points out, they don't want number two. They want the royal four. And it's... So we've had some space between watching and recording. Did I guess right there that they killed him or did I guess later? You probably guessed. If I know you and I do, I'm sure I'm <laughs> sure you guessed that right there. If I've spent any time with my sister anywhere in her life, I know this. <laughs> uh, after we leave this scene of tension, we go to science class. Astronomy! And it's like, how many... Okay, this was their chemistry teacher, right? Yes. But now he's teaching astronomy. Yes. Do they have two classes with the same teacher, or is this this a different school year, right? Yeah, it's a different. If it's a different, it's a different school year. But there were some teachers in our school that did double duty. I I feel like, like my astronomy teacher, I feel was also a science teacher. Astronomy is science. Yes, you're thinking of astrology. I'm I'm thinking like botany or physics or whatever. A different type of multiple specificities, but. uh, 
He's talking about how a black hole completely burned up and vanished. A red star. And Emily, we're now at the point in the breakup where Liz is trying to pretend that they didn't break up at all. That everything's fine. I and they miss can still you. Be friends. Yeah. Listen, this happened on Grey's Anatomy recently. <laughs> she is such a good actress, though. She puts like that right amount of awkwardness because Max is just all up until this point. Max has been calf eyes mooning over Liz, and I'm so sad that I don't have Liz. But he's hit that point, like you said, of the breakup where he's just done. And Liz is to the point, I, yeah, we, we talked about this while we were watching it. I hate what they did with Liz's character in this episode. Likewise. Because in End of the World, she was convinced, this is what I have to do to save the world. She was very determined and very noble and, like, self-sacrificing in what she mm-hmm. did. And in this, she's so stupid. She's... Yeah, she's like, oh, let's just, okay, so the hard part's over. Let's just go back to the way it was. Let's just be friends. Mm -hmm. Because we can be friends and you don't have to love me. Yeah. But he had, Liz, I I did not like her character arc in this one because it's just like she forgot the whole reason she did all of that (laughs) and just expects Max to be okay because in her mind, she did it for a really good reason, but she can't tell him why. Mm Mm-hmm. This is very reminiscent of season two, Meredith and Derek in Grey's Anatomy, (laughs) when they're like, yeah, we broke up, but, and I completely hurt you because I lied about, spoilers, Grey's Anatomy, having a wife. (laughs) (laughs) But we could just be friends now. And it's like, no, like, (sighs) I'm not saying that if you date someone, you can't be friends. Right. I am saying if you were warned by... Your boyfriend's future self, that if you're too close to each other, the world will end. Maybe don't invite him over for a game night. Yeah. Maybe just find another boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or to know what? Celibacy. Yeah. The world is more important than you having a boyfriend. (laughs) We've talked about this a little bit before, but our friend groups in high school were very much like, so-and-so is dating so-and-so. Like, it was just you dated each other in the group. And sometimes when there was a breakup, it was awkward because you're still all hanging out in one group. But it's very tense until so- until someone else starts dating the other another person and everything kind of blows over. I always hated that. I hated the post-breakup because, listen, in high school, sometimes you find the person that you love. But a lot of times you're just getting to know what you like. And so it was, listen, this makes, okay. I'm going to say it and then we'll talk about how terrible of a person I am. Sometimes I just look at my friends and be like, you went on three dates. You weren't (laughs) really dating. You weren't boyfriend, girlfriend. I don't understand why this warrants a period of mourning. Like, but again, I, I wasn't in that situation. And so it's unfair of me to say like, I wish you would have reacted this way instead i was just always confused as to like did you really like them that much are you just playing it up to get sympathy i don't know it was very it was very hard for me sometimes to understand people's motivations yeah or listen welcome to the tangent everyone (laughs) when you're in high school you live your life 
kind of according to the stories that you know, right? That we're in love and we're Romeo and Juliet. And if we break up, it's the greatest tragedy of all time. Even though it's like, okay, Romeo and Juliet knew each other for three days. Mm-hmm. And I know I did stuff in high school that was very much like, oh, this is dramatic and just like a story. And if I write this passionate letter, then he will sit by the window and read it and think upon what he's done differently. <laughs> and instead he's like, hey, this really hurt my feelings actually that you did this. And I was like, this isn't how stories go. Because <laughs> guess what? We are not characters in some weird, (laughs) we are not in the Matrix, okay, you guys? That's it. That's my official stance. We're not in a simulation. We're not hologram characters or Westworld robots. And sometimes we try and live things according to a story, which I think Liz is doing a little bit here, where she's like, oh, we've done the trials. We've done the difficult part. And I'm over it, and maybe it's time for us just both to put us behind this, and we can just forget it happened. Close the book on it. Be done. Yeah. But Max is like, hey, you really hurt my feelings. (laughs) And Liz doesn't know how to handle that, because she did things for a very noble, wonderful reason, and again, she can't tell anyone. She hasn't even told Maria, so she's going through something very difficult alone that she really can't tell anyone about which is sad this is a scene that i remember from when i watched this 20 years ago and Uh it's we're back in new york the dupes are stealing a car and other isabel walks by and changes the license plate from new york to new mexico (laughs) and so um that's just something i remembered about how cool and just how casual they are with their powers and they just throw this guy out of this very beautiful car and I can't tell you what kind of car it is I apologize but it's definitely a slow to the ground sports car with eye beams that flap up and down that's very fancy back then (laughs) I am so bad at car types it's embarrassing yeah I don't know how people can just be driving around and be like oh yeah that's a 1987 Honda Ultron," and I'm like it's it's a four-door sedan and now i know people are gonna write and be like honda didn't make a Savetra ultron in 1980s i'm like it's a long boxy car and people are like how can you not recognize the chevrolet impala i'm like because it doesn't look like the 68 impala they're like it's a 72 and i'm like how does everyone just have this information i feel like everyone in the world those cars except for me every single person i'm with is like Look at that Kia Soul. And I'm like, it's a box. <laughs> <laughs> That's me making fun of Emily's Kia Soul. That's true. Um, well, our dad does that, but with airplanes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're, I'm talking like from the ground. We'll be in the backyard and be like, Dad, what kind of plane is that? And he's like, oh, it's a B-1693. <laughs> Thanks, John, by the way. Thanks, John, by the way. Um, but yeah, just some people, no. But here's the thing. If you do this. With computer-generated with... imagery in <laughs> yeah. an animated movie. You're just like, oh, that's CG. And I'm like, how How do you know? You're like, oh, the lighting. Oh, the weight. Oh, the blah, blah, blah. So... We were watching Goblin the other day. Yes. And I got so excited that I paused it. I just said, because they're walking, the characters are walking through a park and leaves are falling. And I said, in this shot, the leaves are real. In this shot, the leaves are CG. And I got to explain, like, how I knew and, like, how I could tell. And Emily 
What model did they use for the CG leaves? They used the cherry blossom leaves. I only know that because you told that to me. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So, and they did color grading. <laughs> yeah. So in one shot, there's clearly people dropping maple leaves of like red and brown in front of the camera. But in the next shot, in this long walking shot, they had CG. It was flower petals falling through the scene, but they'd been colored yellow mm-hmm. to match. And they were, you know, mostly out of focus and stuff. And only a highly trained eye <laughs> could have spotted that so quickly. <laughs> oh, but they are heading out and away from New York City. Um, again, weird, weird, weird because the Twin Towers are in the skyline. Yep. So it's sign of the times. Sign of the times. And they're talking in the in the car and other Tess, aka Ava, is talking to Lonnie, aka other Michael, about how could you do that? He was your brother. And they don't come out and say you killed him, but it is very clearly implied you killed him. And we find out that this Tess, I'm just gonna call them by their Yeah. You know, other mm-hmm. other names. Maybe like <laughs> Dupe Tess. Dupe Tess, Tess the second. Um, she's very quiet and and not like these other brash, loud people. And the other Isabel is just like, why are you still here and why are you breathing? And she's like, oh, yeah, because I love you. Like, it's so sinister. And it just shuts the other Tess up. And she just, you know, they drive from New York to New Mexico, which Megan... You have driven several times from Florida to Utah, which uh-huh. I feel is a comparable drive. I drove through New Mexico, in fact. Oh, did you? Coldest night of my life spent <laughs> in a McDonald's parking lot in New Mexico. There was one bit I woke up and I was so cold. I thought I had sleep paralysis because <laughs> my neck was all bent over and I just woke up and I could not move any of my arms or legs and I'm like... I've somehow broken my own neck in my sleep. <laughs> I was driving up with my friend Britta. Hello, Britta. Hi, she Britta. Uh, flew down to Florida so we could drive home to Utah together. And, oh, talk about living your life according to a story. I was like, Britta, do you know how much narrative weight is on this drive? Because she had to get home for her wedding. And I was coming home to surprise my family for Christmas. Oh, wow. And I'm like, if we were in a TV show, we would die. Because this is the saddest thing possible well i thought you were gonna we say we're gonna have a wacky road trip because that's no. the sort of show we're in no okay uh narrative weight of our deaths it was the saddest possible time either of us could have I died hate that like imagine the newsreel about us i hate that uh but i got to see a bunch of mistletoe growing in the wild did you know it grows in globes no on the trees i did not know that um <laughs> thought something was breaking sorry i'm on an old lazy boy recliner and it does not hold its its self very well (laughs) status um i need to do a retraction it's not zane it's zan oh no e okay it's just zan um so apologies but we go back to new mexico and we've got brody and max and brody is super excited to show max something something that happened on the east coast uh for our listeners who's brody brody is the mega wealthy eccentric owner new owner of the ufo center so he is max's boss 
that has come in and is doing serious research. So Milton that was here before was just kind of, he was dedicated to the UFO, but I, he, he felt like he was really behind the times. So we've got Brody in here that has, he has all sorts of computers and electronics and everything. And so he's like constantly scanning everything, trying to prove that there's alien life out there. And Brody shoes Max out when it's time for dinner. At 6.30. He has a, a weird crush on a high school student. Yeah. How old is Brody, Emily? Is he as old as the geologist? No, he's much younger. I knew the geologist was ancient. <laughs> I don't know. I knew it. He no, was just nine hundred years old. The geologist is, he is ancient. Not that close. He is secretly he's the hoid of this world. <laughs> so I don't. Uh, here's the thing: I am not advocating adults and high schoolers dating at all. At all. Not advocating for it. It's hard in this one because they're very clearly not high schoolers. Like, they, they, they're playing high schoolers. Not saying it's okay in real life. I think they're more high schoolers than a lot of other TV shows. Okay. Still. Um, yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I was just... <sighs> Why couldn't he have a crush on her mom that we haven't seen in forever? I haven't seen her forever. I miss her. I want Amy DeLuca back. Yeah. But Maria and Michael are talking, and she's talking about how um, she's supposed to be singing this Saturday, but Max has called a meeting or something. Secret meeting. But Michael is like, well, what does that matter? Because she's like, well, you were going to come hear me sing, right? And he's like, I've heard you sing before. Like, I, listen, I love them. I think they are so great. I love their chemistry. But... Michael is clearly, like, I don't feel he does this on purpose, but I'm so surprised he cannot be this dense. Right? But he is. Where he's just like, I've heard you sing before, when it clearly is a big deal to her and she's expecting support from him. And listen, I'm on Maria's side. I feel like she should be able to expect her boyfriend to come and support her when she does stuff. Uh I just feel like that's an unspoken rule when you're dating someone that, you know, unless they ask you, please don't come, you just, you go go. and, you know, see them sing or you see them perform or you see them compete in uh, something. Sports. Sports, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, I was like a science fair project. I don't know why that came to my mind. You know, uh, Liz and Max would be competing against each other. That's true. So she's really mad and she leaves in a huff with with this dinner order. And she goes across the street next door to the UFO center, clearly dropping off dinner. And she's really upset. And she's projecting her upset onto this other thing and... That realizing. Michael has made the order incorrectly. Yeah. And she's getting frustrated because of Michael, but the guy thinks that she's getting angry on his behalf. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's just cheese because it's like either the wrong sort of cheese or they're missing cheese or whatever. And so they're having a conversation where she's meaning one thing. You said this already. She's meaning one thing. He thinks it's another thing. And she's just being very passionate about this and he's like oh you take your job really seriously and and he just thinks she's adorable and so she's like hey it's on the house 
And he's like, well, please let me give you a tip at least. And, and she's like, that's really unnecessary, but thank you. He's, he's about to try and make conversation and she's already left because she doesn't realize he's interested yeah. and she's just trying to do her job. He would have gone to her music performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he would have. So we go back to the other aliens and they're fighting again. Other Michael is mad that other Tess isn't talking and other Tess is upset because they killed, they killed him. And we find out they're obviously going to New Mexico to find Max to complete the Royal Four or whatever. And um, Zan too. Zan too. And, and, and so we just kind of get a hint of their, their plan. Meanwhile, back in New Mexico, mm-hmm. Isabel is struggling with the whole Volantra project. Mm-hmm. And Max knows that, well, he knows the word Volandra and knows that it's connected to her, but he doesn't know how. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of strain between the siblings in this episode. Which is sad because they've always been on each other's team before. Mm-hmm. And they've been such a small community that to have this wedge driven between them. Yeah, Michael's like, uh, sorry, Max is feeling super betrayed by everybody all the time. Which, to be fair, they kind of did but super betray him. I know, but, like, he's not special, right? That, like, right. Uh, this is sort of like in both Animorphs and Everworld, where Jake just gets to be the leader because he's the most like a leader. They, even though... Or an Everworld where they're like, David's our leader because he's the protagonist. And again, everybody's just like, Max is the leader when there's no reason for him to be the leader. Anyway. And he didn't ask for it. He didn't, you know. Yeah, preordination, the the divine right of kings, it's all bull. Mm-hmm. And so it's not compelling to me that Max is like, you don't obey me as the leader. And I'm like, everyone has their own very dramatic lives, Michael. Mm-hmm. This isn't about you. Yeah. Did you mean Max? Yes, I did. <laughs> Stupid boys with their names that start with the letter M. Yeah, I, it's, listen, my little heart from 20 years ago loves Max so much and feels so bad for him that people are giving him a very hard time. And he's all alone. Like, he's just all alone. But my heart today is kind of like, this is all fixable. You guys just need to communicate. <laughs> Why don't you talk to each other? But again, while all of this is going on, we keep getting flashes into the car because they've been driving from New York to New Mexico. The car with the dupes. The car with the dupes. Thank you. They are talking about the summit again. And Ava's wondering why these other four weren't invited. And... Other Isabel reveals that nobody else knows about these other four living in New Mexico. Dun, dun, dun. Nobody else knows that there's another set. People think that the dupes in New York are the original set. Which, how many people know about them? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, clearly not Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in Pierce's. <laughs> so as they are driving... They're speeding. They're speeding, and Sheriff is doing his job for one figure. For once. One time. Pulls him over, and other Michael is ready to kill this dude. Like, he's got his... They 
they really set the Megan was so up. I was nervous. like, oh my gosh, do they really kill the sheriff here? She's like, he just became cool, and if he dies, I will be very upset. He lives, and so. <laughs> You know how you're in stories all the time. You're like, I love betrayal. <laughs> I'm like, more fictional characters should die. <laughs> you sounded so disappointed when you said that. But yeah, that that was something that like kind of made me excited. Where you were just like, oh my gosh, are they gonna kill him? And I'm like, oh, she's into this. <laughs> but other Michael is all set to kill him, and. It really seems like it's going to happen until the sheriff gets a good look at who's in the car and starts laughing. He thinks it's so funny and they realize he knows them. Yeah, all this, all these conversations. Not only does the sheriff know them, but he knows they are aliens. He, he is not subtle about remarking on their powers. Hey, we need to keep a low profile, mentioning stuff that's been going on and these guys are smart. They play along. They are smooth. What? To quote John Mulaney, straight smarts. <laughs> to play along, Isabel is just like, hey, we saw somebody's car at our house and it made us really nervous. Can you drive there? We'll follow you and see if there's anyone hanging out there. Like, so smooth. Getting, so yeah, getting the sheriff to lead them to the house where they should already know where it is yeah the evans's house where they're you know obviously going to be looking for max liz is being dumb again i'm so sorry she really is she but she's communicating she's telling him i hate this i hate not being able to do this and like before we kissed we were friends but like elizabeth wait wait she says we talked we laughed i don't understand why we can't just go back to that and i can tell you why you slept with someone else, like, in Max's eyes. Yeah. You, and it took a whole episode to come up with the biggest betrayal you could think of. You hurt him. You hurt him on purpose so badly. And I can't, I'm agreeing with you. I can't believe she's just asking him to forget about it and mm-hmm. be friends. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I ended our romantic relationship, but... We could still have a friendship. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's not correct. <laughs> and Max straight up tells her, like, I I can't. Like, we can't be friends. And he leaves. She's telling him, I don't want you to hate me. And I'm like, Liz, you are so smart about so many things, but this is not one of those things. Like, you can't dictate how someone feels and say, I don't like how you're reacting to the situation. I want you to react in this other way. It just, that doesn't happen. I just need Future Max to come hang out with her. She can be with Future Max. Well, can she? Oh, sorry, Future Max, not other Max. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, Future Max can come any day of the week. Sorry, not his twin, his (laughs) time-traveling instance. (laughs) So we go from the diner to the Evans house, uh, where the dupes are getting ready to check out this obviously amazing you know they're very critical of it they're just like oh it's a lovely day in the neighborhood just immediately sizing max up is like oh he's soft he's you know make fun of his clothes of his hobbies of his weird terrarium that i don't even know what kind of animals inside of it do we know what pet max evans has i don't know like i'm thinking okay here's my either a tarantula a scorpion 
or a snake, but there's nothing. Like, I cannot see that. Yeah. I'm thinking lizard. Yeah. I peg Max for a lizard kind of bully. They find his uh, UFO job tag. Uh, they find a picture of Liz. And he's kept this picture of Liz, even <laughs> though it's over between them. But they're just, like, ransacking his room. I don't know what they're looking for. Just other clues. I think just information. Yeah. And Michael, other Michael, Dupe Michael, Mm -hmm. is like, I'm gonna go hang out with Liz. Which we'll see. We'll see later. Yeah. Yeah. But um, their dad walks in. And I was worried in this part because they've already killed Max. They've casually, you know, this other Michael has casually talked about doing Liz, but not killing her. Like, I was worried that they were going to do something to the dad. Yeah, they're adding in a really dangerous element. We know what they're capable of. It's it's the bomb under the table that we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That this group can do something horrible. And they can, already they're upending the status quo that we've had around here. Mm-hmm. That... Not only are there more of us, but they're dangerous and they don't care about our lives. And they're willing and ready to do violence. Mm -hmm. But she covers up very well. Again, I'm very impressed with this set of aliens because they are so smart. I mean, Mm -hmm. they have great uh, survival skills. They've got to be able to either fit in by their time or be the strongest. Like, I'm just, I'm super impressed with them. And she plays off her appearance because this Isabel has short, spiky hair, tattoos, is in leather and chains. And she tells their dad, uh, she figures out who he is immediately because he's getting kind of worked up as to like, oh my gosh. And she's like, oh, our school is doing a modern day retelling of Romeo and Juliet and I'm Juliet. And he's immediately so proud of her. And you can tell she's like, whatever. But here, it's again, like, with the sheriff. It's so smart. It's so smart. These people don't realize they need to be careful around, quote-unquote, people that they know, their own kids. What? It's making me... I feel like there's some kind of body swap episode of something where this happens. hmm Where... Oh! <laughs> it's the Vampire Diaries! <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, all the doppelganger nonsense in the vampire diaries where people are just casually talking to the person they know and trust, but they're really spilling all their secrets to the villain. (laughs) And the villain's like, yes, something I definitely knew about and have plans surrounding. (laughs) Uh, This is another plug for the vampire diaries with Latoya Morgan and Jill. It's a Vampire Diaries watch through podcast, and Jill's never seen it before, and it's great. I love it. I just love looking at this scene through the dupe's eyes mm-hmm. because we know Max and we know what he's been through and why he is the way he is. But as the dad is sitting talking, he's like, you know, Max going to therapy is really helping, and I know that there is a wedge between you two. And if you could just go to therapy with him, maybe they could figure it out. Yes. We know Max is lying his way through therapy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we keep going. I'm sorry. Keep going. I didn't. And apparently Isabel is also in therapy, but dad's asking them to do a joint session. And it's sad that Max is keeping up the facade so well that dad thinks fake therapy is helping. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he should be in therapy. And it's sad that he doesn't have anyone that he can be honest with because he was kidnapped 
and tortured. Uh-huh. And he's the only one of the only surviving aliens of his race. Like he's responsible for to come back and save this planet. Like that's and he has to go to high school. Like that's just too much for one. Obviously, person. the worst thing in that list. <laughs> And so the dad is slowly giving hints about, oh, I know, I've noticed the silence at the table. I've noticed the slamming doors. And she plays along beautifully. She's like, yeah, of course, I want everything to work out. Because dad's picking up on the tension between Max and Isabel. Yes, yes. And I just love thinking about it through the dupe's eyes about, like, this kid has it so good and he has to be in therapy. Like, you know, it's just... Well, because in pop culture, therapy, especially in this era, therapy gets portrayed as there's something deeply wrong with you if you go to therapy. Yeah. My plug for therapy is it's great. It works. (laughs) Therapy works. (laughs) Therapy. (laughs) I don't need therapy because I'm in the Matrix. (laughs) (laughs) So we leave them and uh, we find out a little bit more about... Maria and Brody. Uh, what kind of tip did Brody give Maria after the sandwich incident? A hundred dollar bill. And she comes storming back to give it back to him. Because she thinks that he's trying to proposition her. Yeah. And she's like, nope, nope, you can't, nope. Uh-uh. And he's, you know, she figures out he's just insanely wealthy and just has too much money. It's nothing... I mean, maybe a little bit of it is like, oh, I want to be nice to you. Um, So this is a tangent. Uh It's our podcast. We can go on a tangent if we want. Come with us. So I was listening to Let's Let's Go to Court. court. Yep. And the episode I listened to today was about a lottery winner who won $30 million. And see, that's the kind of money I would sell pills to a drug (laughs) trader for. Okay, context for that, okay? Tangent, tangent. Tangent. We just watched an episode of Elementary, and this guy, like, someone's like, oh, he owes so much money to these drug lords. And they're like, how much? And she was like, $200,000. And I'm like, that's not that much. (laughs) I mean, comparatively to, like, when you're watching a fictional show and they're talking about fictional amounts of money, you think like a million, two million. Or like 750000 or something. Yeah, because now $200,000 can't even buy a house. I'm like, that's not any money at all. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm never going to see that I've, much money. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> but um, I was talking about just this person was so generous. And he, like, bought all of his friends' houses or, like, paid up their mortgages. Like, bought the houses and just had them pay him back directly. No interest. You know, like, he was just very, very generous. And... Sorry, this is the lottery winner. This is the lottery winner. We're going back one tangent now. But just the idea of, like, if I was rich, what would I... Like, if I was mega rich, like this dude is with, like, his 300 million or whatever. I mean, like, yeah, going and giving out giant tips i think would be something i would really enjoy doing like really that would bring me joy that would just like bring me absolute joy to like make someone's day personally i myself as a mega rich person (laughs) like to spend my money at the renaissance fair (laughs) all your money on the renaissance fair i know too much money at the renaissance fair (laughs) 
But it's definitely paid off because turns out next week there's a Utah Renaissance Fair. And who happens to have one of her Renaissance Fair costumes here? Is it you? It's me. <laughs> Emily doesn't want to go with I, me. I just, it's not my thing. I'm sorry. You don't know that. I, you, you have filmed the Renaissance Fair. Yeah. I have been there in real time. No, I know it's, what it's about. It's, it's not for different. me. It's different. Like how? It's, it's not just on your phone. You're there. You're experiencing it. You're having fun. I like being home. You're buying food. <laughs> You're watching the joust. It's different on a little tiny phone. But I've experienced it. I don't. I disagree. Okay. Are you saying that you've actually been tortured by the FBI because no. you've watched Roswell? No. It's completely different. There's two very opposite ends of the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've watched a joust on a phone. Ergo, I've been to a joust in real life. I didn't say that. I, that's exactly what you said. I just said, I know it goes on at the Ren Fair. I don't want to see it in person. That's stupid. <laughs> the heartless obey me now, Sora. Now I have nothing to fear. You're stupid. Um, I'm sorry. It's just not my thing. I burned. I went on. Listen, I went on. I'm taking Jane to the Ren Fair. Okay. Jane, go with me to the Ren Fair. <laughs> I went on a business trip this week to Las Vegas, and I had to walk outside for less than seven minutes, and I came away with a sunburn. Get you an umbrella. I don't want to... No, I'm not going. That's the end of it. But lottery, winnings, mega I rich never people. I anything now. We <laughs> Moral of the story is don't trust anyone because they will murder you. Moral of the story is don't hate it till you've tried it don't murder people <laughs> i'm talking about the red fair still okay. anyway sorry this it's is like derailed. being in the holodeck anyways this is okay this is the thing it's <sighs> all right here we go no, let's talk about the red fair World. some more yeah you love going to meet people in person no i don't yeah. oh sorry you mean <laughs> You mean the characters. I thought you meant that I'm like running around like Belle saying hello to all the cast members. Bonjour! <laughs> no, you love like we were characters, there. Like yeah. Prince Caspi was there. We went and saw like the Captain Jack Sparrow character. I don't I don't like it because it's not the real thing. Okay, you know that there is no real thing when it comes to Captain Jack Sparrow, right? No, I'm saying, let's... <laughs> you know that he's fictional. You are just ruining... <laughs> you are interrupting me so much. Can I get my I'm just really across? mad that you hate the Not Renaissance hate. Fair. That you wish all Renaissance Fairs were canceled. No. And that I would just stay home and knit. That's not... I mean, that would be nice. You could hang out with me more. I hang out with you all the time. I went... We uh we went shopping today. We just did errands. It was great. I'm saying you were like, oh, it's like being there. I'm like, no, the only way I would like a Renaissance Fair is if I actually went back in time and was like, this is real. But it's just people pretending and it's not real. You love movies. <laughs> That's just people pretending. It's not real. That's different. Uh, it's different because like I don't enjoy going and meeting characters because I'm like this isn't the real Captain America this isn't the real and I understand they're not real characters but I'm saying like I just I don't I, I don't get it for some people it's like that's what they love to go do and if you do 
I am so happy for you that you have found something that you love to do. Okay, that's not my sound thing. like I have a fetish for characters. That's not <laughs> what I was saying. We have gone so Wait, far off I, the I, I just want to say one thing about characters. I like to do it because I was a character, and so, like, I, I've been on both sides the of the first suit. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to, like, yes, we're pretending, and we're agreeing that we're pretending. Okay, when I went to the Bridgerton Ball, uh, there was a scavenger hunt, and you got to talk to people in character. And I love that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm a theater kid. I'm a nerd. Like, I but might... I'm a social nerd. <laughs> I'm not a loser nerd like my sister. Because you're a nerd that likes to be alone. You said so yourself. Okay, here's the thing. Like, when we take our nieces to Disney World... <laughs> I like taking them to see characters because that makes them happy. And I don't But like you don't it. like taking me to the Red Bear even though that makes me happy. You're an adult who can do it yourself. <laughs> I'm a social train. You won't be texting her right now. <laughs> Tell her we're coming over tomorrow too. She better be ready we for are? us. Yeah, we talked about it when she was here on Sunday. What day is it? Wednesday? Tomorrow's Wednesday. Okay. We're going Wednesday. Well, uh, I have a meeting from 5.30 to 7.30. Okay, we're going after that. Okay. This is why you need me to be your personal assistant. I will keep track of your calendar. I don't so think I good. agreed going anywhere. You did. We sat. We sat. Jane was where you're sitting. You were over there. I was right here where I was sitting. And we talked about how... <laughs> about how we were going to go hang out with her because her roommate's gone this week and she's alone. Are we bringing Goblet? Yes. Okay. I have no memory of this. <laughs> okay, you text her, so. Hey, do you want to go to the Utah Ren Fair with me? Emily hates that- fun. No! <laughs> Scent! <laughs> All right. Disclaimer. 80% of that was a bit because it's funny to hear people argue on a podcast. Very fun. 20% of that was Was very real. real. (laughs) Your Meg's going to disown me because of my hatred of Red Fairs. I don't hate them. They just doesn't sound, it doesn't sound fun to me. Anyways, back to Roswell. Brody has a stupid earring. (laughs) Brody is kind of asking Maria on a date. But not a date date, really. He's like, if you pay for your own lunch and then come eat with me and just keep me company, it's not really a date. And she's kind of flattered by the attention. Like, Brody's cute. Brody's good looking. I know your thoughts on this. So we're going to skip that because uh, I understand What was I on... thinking right now? Oh, that he shouldn't be dating a high schooler. Yes, but what was running through my head was the scene where Mr. Incredible goes, Brody, buddy, buddy. (laughs) So then we get, which I think, okay, so you think that Brody and Maria are inappropriate. I agree with you. Okay. I'm saying I think this scene is more inappropriate. It's gross. Well, it's not a competition, but yeah, it's, 
it's again, it's the consent of, have we had anybody body switch at any point in this show already? Yeah, we talked about it with, you said it was weird, especially in sci-fi where, you know, there's body swapping, but it's when Niseido pretends to be Max. That was it. Yeah. yeah Max to the max. And uh, listen, I, I'll admit, oh, clarifying about what scene we're talking about. Dupe Michael shows up pretending to be the real Michael and tries to seduce Liz. Yeah, but he then, doesn't pretend to be regular Michael. He's in his chains and black leather and he is kind of gross about it. And she's just laughing it off as like, oh, haha, ha, that's Michael. Because I think Liz and Michael are really good I friends. Gonna, oh, I was going to bring up that. I think Liz and we talked about this before in the episode where he stole the diary. Yeah. I think Liz and Michael have better chemistry than Liz Very and Max. good chemistry. Emily, I know you ship them. I don't think the actors for Liz and Max have good chemistry. See, I'm going like, to disagree with you. Like, they're not interesting together. I'm going to disagree. They're very good at making eyes at each other. But, yeah, I don't, I don't feel the love. Okay. We still have a lot of season two left. You'll find out. We have so much left. You're such a good sister. I would really like to finish this episode so we can do a Way of Kings tonight. Okay. I don't think we're going to get there. You? I would like to do it anyway. <laughs> what if I read the chapters tonight? Okay. Okay. But yeah, he ends up kissing her and she's like, ew, ha 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 ha, that's so funny. He just like walks away. And um, they're just like fun. Like I think her and Michael are just fun friends. Which is great because Michael from season one was such a loner. Uh-huh. And now he has Maria and now he has his friend Liz that, you know, expanding his circle or whatever. So she, he just kisses her in the hallway in the in the middle of school. And she doesn't think anything of it, which doesn't seem very Liz Parkery to me. Mm-mm. Did she have a duplicate? No, of course not. So Max has called this meeting and they're like, what's it about? And he's like, there's been some activity. Like there's a star. Yeah. And they're like, okay. He's like, well, I don't know what it means, but it's got to mean something. And so clearly he doesn't have a plan. And Maria is like, Max, I canceled my performance to be here. This could have been an email. (laughs) But unbeknownst to them, as they're down in the, as they're down in the, you know, UFO center, the dupes are upstairs watching them just talking about like, yep, that's, that's gotta be Zan because, you know, he's so uptight and everything. And you've got their other tests just kind of looking at him very wistfully. But again, we get this own, it's almost like a psych out, like, like a fake out, like, oh no, something bad's going to happen because Alex shows up in the room where the dupes are and he's chatting him up being like, haha, who said this was a costume thing. And he realizes, like, he can see the other group down there. And he realizes weird stuff's going on. Which I thought they would be, I thought the dupes would be angry. I thought they would be angry that he blew their cover. But they came here specifically to meet everyone and kind of explain what's going on. I was really surprised at how open, I mean, obviously the dupes are still keeping secrets, but... I was surprised that they approached the group so openly and so calmly. Mm-hmm. They're just like, they just walk down the stairs and basically they're like, here we are. But yeah, they explain, you know, who they are because everyone else is kind of freaked out. 
And they're like, are they shapeshifters? Like, because I, that's an option. That's an option. I love that that keeps getting brought up as an option because anything is possible almost in this world. And, and I like that they, what? I think it would be hilarious if Liz has been secretly a shapeshifter this whole episode and we didn't know that Liz was kidnapped and that's why she's acting so weird around Michael. <laughs> so they reveal, hey, we're the other you. And I don't, th- I don't think Michael told anyone but Maria that there were four other people out there. And yeah. so there's another betrayal for Max that, you know, someone else knows what's going on. But here's the thing. Michael has done the groundwork. Yeah. Michael sat and interviewed that old guy for five hours. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I, I don't know. I, again, I feel bad. This is me hating on Max this episode. I, I don't always do this, but yes. when I do, I do. Yes. <laughs> feel the no, dark side I don't flowing want it. through you. <laughs> Somehow, Max. <laughs> Max just expects people to tell him things. Yeah. Because he's the leader. Well, I think. Okay, maybe maybe a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of that. But I also think he expects people to tell him stuff because they are such a close-knit group that the idea of not sharing what knowledge you find is rude when it concerns all of them. Yeah, because his whole life he's uh, tried to speak, but nobody <laughs> can hear. So I wait around. For an answer to appear, because I'm tap, tap, tap tapping tap on the glass. So they set it up that, hey, there's only three of us. Yeah, the dupes say that Max died in a traffic accident. Yeah, a stupid accident. And they're, they are, I mean, okay, we as the audience have pretty much figured out by now that they've killed him. But mm-hmm. they are really playing this and up. I brought up when we were watching it, I wish we didn't know they had killed him. They mm-hmm. they pretty much admitted to it in the car. Yeah. I feel we saw a little bit too much of the duplicates in this episode before the two groups met. Mm. And I understand it's because, hey, it's really fun to have our actors in these alternate costumes acting this other way. And I think we had too much information on the dupli- on the duplicates. The yeah. duplexes. Yeah. Alternate Michael and Max go and talk in private where alternate Michael explains, hey, uh, the ruling families of the five planets, they want to have a meeting, but they only want the royal four. If we don't have a fourth person, we can't go. And and he's like, We can't we can't show up without you. We really need you to come. And so Max is trying to find out more information and uh, it's explained that the reason that they didn't contact the New Mexico group is that no one knows they're around, which we've already kind of covered. And slowly we're, we're jumping around to other characters like alternate Isabel is talking to Michael and saying, hey, you guys were the defective batch. You guys are too human that both of our, the sets are here for insurance. Yeah. You know, and so we're, we're, I think this is great because as the audience, we know that they're going to say anything, uh-huh. anything to move their plan along. So as the audience, we don't know if they're lying. We don't know if that's really the truth. If they're, you know, if our New Mexico group is really the defective batch or not. And so everyone's kind of coming to terms with this really weird thing. And Isabel and, and the alternate Isabel 
have a have a conversation about Valandra. Which she goes by Lonnie, but the subtitles say her name is Rath. I think that's Michaels. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which I mistakenly said Lonnie was alternate Michael in earlier in the episode. I'm so sorry. It's, all right. it's been a minute so, since we've done this. So Dupe Isabel's name is Lonnie. She's named herself after Valandra. Mm-hmm. And just like she got a bunch of extra information out of Dad, she's getting a ton of extra information out of Isabel here. Mm-hmm. She finds out that, like, she hasn't, Isabel hasn't told Max any of this, you know, and, and other Isabel comes across as, like, a friendly, like, hey, this is our secret together sort of a thing. They're so mean to Alex. Everyone's mean to Alex. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you're a real or a duplicate. Everybody's mean to Alex. Yeah. But we get a little bit more background as well into the original Royal Four. So how do they know? I don't know. Because did, did Nacedo raise these fours? <gasps> oh. Listen, it's been 20 years. I do not remember. <laughs> no one's brought Nacedo up the last few episodes. And so... Again, I think this is really great the way they've set these characters up because we as the audience don't know if we can trust what they're saying at mm-hmm. all. And so, um, you know, but he, alternate Michael is telling Max, hey, the original Royal Four, they're all dead. Like, there's no one that's going to come claiming the throne. It's us. We're the, we're, we're the ones that have the claim to the throne, which is why yeah. you have to come to the summit. And Max is very hesitant. He's just like, I'm not Zan. Like, I'm not... I mean, basically, he's the clean, crew-cut, Nantucket, you know, Martha's Vineyard version of these guys. So. There once was a Max from Nantucket who kept all his love in a bucket. He loved this girl, Liz, but guess where he is? I'm not going to finish the limerick. I have no idea what you're talking about. Do you not know the famous, there once was a man from Nantucket? No. It's a limerick. Okay. And then the last line Duh, always rhymes it... with. With what? Oh. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never heard that. Well, that's because S&P won't let anybody make those jokes anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's dirty limericks. Okay. There, or I guess sometimes it's there once was a girl from Nantucket. I believe you. So sorry when you said this Nantucket boy. And I was like, that means something very different. <laughs> Max has decided not to go. Like he's, he's kind of like, I don't think so. This is yeah. a good idea. We're not, we're not going to this summit. Yeah. The next morning. So everybody stayed overnight in the UFO center. Uh, duplicate, duplicate. Michael has let it be known that he's kissed Liz. Mm -hmm. And Maria's freaking out that Liz kissed who Liz thought was her boyfriend and didn't tell her about it. Mm -hmm. And again, Liz is just, can you just get over it? Yeah. Liz, no. Yeah. Because, Uh, yeah. She's a shapeshifter. (laughs) And Maria has every right to be upset. Maria is a good friend. Much better than I would be at all. In this situation, but but um, Liz wants to tell Maria what went on with Kyle. Kyle or what didn't go on with Kyle. And she's like, but I can't tell you what happened or what didn't happen. Why not? I think, well, didn't future Max tell her, like, you can't tell anybody? I don't think so. 
I mean, maybe, but why? Oh, here's the thing. Well, I, I don't have any proof of this, but I think she's worried that if she tells Maria, it's going to get out to Michael and Michael will let it slip to either Isabel or Max and Max will find out that that Liz didn't really sleep with Kyle and then we're right back to where we started with Max being in love with her. Uh, unreasonable. None of those kids ever talk to each other. <laughs> and so they're all chatting and talking uh, and it's been all night and the owner of the UFO Center comes in, Brody. <laughs> so sorry. I worry about your dog when that happens. He's, He's sitting on sleeping. the He's sitting on the footrest and all I see is the footrest closing and your poor dog <laughs> flopping on the floor. So Brody shows up and there's like 12 teenagers in his UFO Center. Yeah. And uh, he's understandably upset. You should not invite people into your workspace during non-work hours. You just should Just be yeah. smart. Anyways, alternate Michael is ready to rumble, and he shows up, and so they're like, ooh, uh, this is my twin brother. Like, they're really just trying to, like... Cover as much as they can. Yeah. And so, like I said, Brody is rightfully upset, and Maria steps in and saves the day because she is just like, oh, hi, it's me. Do you want to take me to breakfast? She's like, you know how you asked about lunch? She's like, what about breakfast? And he's like, oh, well, this is great. He's like, eh, stay as long as you want. It's all good. Oh, Michael has a feeling about that, though. Yeah. I am also getting very frustrated with Michael and Maria. Okay. Because we've had the same storyline eight times that Maria's like, he's so bad at being a boyfriend. And he's like, she's so needy for a girlfriend. And I'm like, you're both so bad at communicating. You both want, clearly, you want and expect very different things from this relationship. Mm -hmm. Can you just stop bothering me? I wouldn't mind <laughs> if they broke up forever. But the problem is, Emily, is everyone keeps breaking up and then they just get back together. See, I think... Okay, I see where you're coming from. I'm not going to argue that point. But I think that Michael and Maria challenge each other. And Maria is so used to getting her way and having people do whatever she wants that here comes someone who doesn't, not because he's malicious, just he's a little, he just doesn't know mm -hmm. the proper dating etiquette or like social etiquette. And then you've got... Michael, who doesn't care about anybody mm -hmm. and doesn't do anything for anyone. And then you've got him with Maria, who he does things for. So I think they're a good fit. And it is frustrating that they get together, break up, get together, break up. But that's just uh -huh. what this show is. <laughs> yep. But we find out some cool stuff about Brody during this breakfast scene. He asks Maria if she believes in aliens, and she says, why not? I'm dating one. And he's like, no, I'm serious. And he reveals to her that he believes he's the victim of alien abduction. We knew that already. We, well, like, it's been mentioned that, it's been mentioned briefly. And so here they're, like, solidifying it. But he tells her he has the feeling it's going to happen again. And he's like, so don't be weirded out if I disappear for a few days and so he has a very serious conversation with her about like this is who I am this is my life mm -hmm. you know and she's cool about it 
Yeah, well, he's very public about the fact he was abducted by aliens. Mm-hmm. It's like online in his history and stuff and everything. Yeah. So maybe we don't learn something cool, but we we get a more in-depth look into what that means for him. And he's explaining like, he's like, I kind of like there's symptoms from uh-huh. what happened the last time. And he's like, if I disappear for a few days, again, it's nothing personal. I've just been abducted. And Maria says, okay. And he's like, okay, just like that. And I think that really surprises him because she's not trying to reassure him like, oh, no, it's not going to happen. Or, oh, it's all in your head. She's just like, who knows what's out there? Anything could happen. And I think that's really refreshing for him because that's the whole reason he had to give up his company in the first place Mm -hmm. is they didn't like how public he was going with everything. But Maria's not like other girls. She's a cool (laughs) girl. So the dupes, they pull a fast one on me (laughs) because there is a scene where Max and Isabel are talking about Volandra Mm -hmm. and I 100% thought it was real Isabel. Mm -hmm. Very first though, dupe Lonnie, uh, dupe Lonnie is, she's the manipulator of the group. She is. She's good at it. And she comes to... Really quick. She's the political queen. Like, she is... She would be the power. She's Valandra's... She's Valandra's real successor. Yeah. Yeah. And so she starts laying out the Valandra story. And we find out... You know, Max now finds out about Valandra's love and... How she betrayed everyone. Mm-hmm. And... Lonnie does this because she's picked up that Max wants people to tell him things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's really good at it. She's really good at what she at what she does. And she basically, because Isabel straight up had told Lonnie, Max doesn't know any of this. And so Lonnie uses that to her advantage by saying, there was all this stuff that I wish I would have told Zan. And maybe if I can just tell you, I can get it out of my head. And she really like plays up to his like emotional connection and everything and and just like says I'm so sorry I betrayed everyone and got everyone killed and just I mean she flat out betrays Isabel here I mean straight up and she's just like oh it must be so nice to be able to talk to someone about this like Isabel and just act shocked like she hasn't told you this yet oh my goodness so then Max and Isabel have a confrontation about Valandra. And it's acted so well. Catherine Heigl does such an amazing job. And this this conversation ends up unfolding into a huge fight. Mm-hmm. And we find out at the end of the scene, it's duplicate Isabel disguising herself. Mm-hmm. And this was part of the plan to get Max frustrated enough with his allies that he would align himself with the dupes and head with them to the summit. Yeah. And like the scene gets so intense. It's like he moves in to hit Isabel. Yeah. And Michael shows up to stop him. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm going to New York. And he and Michael have almost like a little exclamation point at the end of the fight. And it's revealed that this is not only evil Isabel, but it's evil Michael, too. Vax mm-hmm. is so stupid. What a dum-dum. <laughs> well, they just know how to push all of his buttons. He's no match for them yeah. at this point, like, at all. So when they shapeshifted, they also shapeshifted their jewelry away. What? 
what are the shape-shifting rules? Because they had to wear different clothes, but they could keep on their jewelry and accessories? Maybe it's some sort of field that just, like, makes it invisible to the eye. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a cool visual thing because... Isabel, quote unquote, is like sobbing and it's just like, I don't know what happened. It just went crazy. And Michael's like, it'll be okay. And she's like, I know. And the cool visual is when it's just the shot of them doing like a secret handshake with their hands. Uh-huh. And then everything, like all the tattoos and the rings show back up. And I think it's a cool shot. I think it's more rule of cool than anything else. So. Well, we know that Max has decided to go to New York, Mm -hmm. but before he leaves, he goes to visit Liz Parker, and he tells her that he's decided he wants a clean break, and he gives her a present, and she acts all excited, even though he said clean break, and he gives her a gift, and it's an engraved pocket knife? Swiss Army knife, She says, I gave it to you last Christmas. It says Liz and Max forever on it. Number four. (laughs) And I'm like, we didn't see that. We've never seen this knife before. The noodle incident. What? A noodle. That sounds so familiar. What is that? It's a Calvin Klein thing. No. It's a Calvin and Hobbes thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Um... And a noodle incident is something that you can refer to that the audience hasn't ha- hasn't seen, but it's a way to like give background to the the characters. It's literally called the noodle incident because they refer to it to remember the great noodle incident of whatever. And so that's what it's called when like you give background to your characters, but no one saw it. Uh, anyway, we'll see if that turns into anything. But as Max is going to leave, Liz warns him about not letting the wrong people get their hands on the granolith. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how do you know stuff about the Greylith? And she, she can't tell him how she knows, obviously, because of time travel. And so, oh, and that just that just makes Max trust issues Evans more frustrated than ever. <laughs> I really liked this, though, because she's telling him something that's very important. And I like that she didn't realize what she was doing sort of a thing where he's like, how do you know about? Because, listen, he gets mad that people don't tell him stuff. He never told her about the granolith. Mm -hmm. And so now he's, anyways, long story short, he's just like, how do you know? And just her face, she's like, ooh, I can't tell you. Like, ooh, I really want to, you know. I really want to. Yeah. So we have a final scene by the car before everyone goes. And Max brings Tess. So they- oh, yes. Sorry, can I say something yeah. about oh, that? Yeah. So he tells, Max tells Liz that he's going to bring Tess. And here's the thing. If, yeah, if future Max hadn't come and they were still a couple, I think he would have brought Liz. Ooh. I think that this is, I don't think he's punishing her. I don't think that this is him punishing Liz and being like, look, well, I'm going to bring this other girl. He's excluding her. They're not dating anymore. They're not dating anymore. And I just think that's another, like, here's another twist of the knife. What are you looking for? I'm looking at my cat basking on the floor and being comfortable. Hi, Taco. Hi, buddy. How are you doing? Are you soft eyes? Soft eyes. Hey, Taco. Hi. But... And maybe this is me really maybe reading too far into the lines, but just the fact that he's bringing Tess when at one point no one trusted Tess and no one liked Tess and now she's in 
the inner circle. Well, because everyone was mean to Tess in the previous timeline and it blew it all down. And now that Liz has really repudiated Max once and for all, mm-hmm. he's turning to Tess. Yeah. I love it. I love that they are making consequences for this. I can't wait for future Max to show up again and be like, <laughs> he got too close to Tess too fast and everything did it. So you got to throw a bit of a wrench in the Max and Tess relationship. But don't get back together with him because that's bad too. Um, speaking of Tess, they show up. And, and everything kind of goes in slow motion. Like Lonnie and Rath are super excited, but not showing it. Like, you know, they're so excited that they're there. And Ava, the other Tess, we see through her eyes what happened that night, how they killed Zan. By throwing him in front of a car. Mm-hmm. They didn't even use alien powers. No. They have so many alien powers. I think they, if there was a fight, they would win against the others because they live on the street and they don't care about keeping a low profile well yeah and also they're not like our heroic heroes who are like i can never take another person's life oh you know what they do use alien powers you are right i completely forgot that Evil Michael ups the speedometer on a garbage truck to make it run over zan yeah because there was plenty of time for the truck to stop, but Michael is just, not Michael, alternate Michael is just blank face, just like it's another day for him. He has no feeling about killing Zan. So, other Tess decides that she was going to stay in New Mexico. And it's at this point that I'm thinking, hey, this episode's been going on a long time. And as Michael and Tess get in the car... And Dupe Tess stays behind. Wouldn't you know it? Emily Roswell finally punched me in the face with the two-parter episode. <laughs> Again. Again? What happened the first time? The first one is when they found Atherton's house and Julie oh. Benz was upstairs. Okay. And then you're like, no, it's a two-parter! But like, okay, and this is going to sound really silly. That was more of a cliffhanger than a two-part episode. You know what I mean? I do, I do. Because I feel like the stuff with the dupes is going to wrap up in the next episode. Mm -hmm. That's my official prediction, by the way. Okay. Stuff with the dupes is going to wrap up. But uh, it's a a to be continued. It is to be continued. And the next ep is Max in the city. (laughs) Living in the city. Welcome to the jungle. All right, so yes, it's a to be continued. They've set it up. Megan, yep. can I get your predictions for what happens in the next episode? Uh, we kill evil Isabel. Okay. Evil Michael gets away. Okay. We keep Tess. Okay. We're going to have two Tesses. Two Tesses. Okay. And the sheriff is also going to adopt her. <laughs> <laughs> love it uh i'm i hope we do get to go to the summit Mm -hmm. um i think our roswell kids are going to figure out something bad is happening from duplicate tests and they're going to go to the summit to intercept cool and i think our four are going to present themselves at the summit nice oh do you know what i think original tess may sacrifice herself like courtney did (gasps) oh no 
Those are my official predictions. Great predictions. I love it all. I and Liz is going to use the knife somehow. Oh, the Max and Liz forever knife. Chekhov's knife. Chekhov's knife. She's going to stab someone with that little tiny switchblade. <laughs> because I killed somebody. Because I killed somebody. <laughs> well, Megan, thank you so much for letting me make you view this. I appreciate this and I have so much fun doing this with you. Listeners, I have been staring at a dessert sitting on the table in front of me for the last, how long is this going? An hour and a half. For the last hour and a half. And Emily is asked me so many times not to eat on the podcast. So I'm like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. But I've just been staring at it. So I have to get back to eating my dessert. I'm going to get back to reading the next Words of Radiance chapter so we can do a new podcast episode. She's finally going to meet the Swordmaster. So excited. So hyped. So. Uh, But in the meantime, I believe in you. Hell yeah. What? I yawned. <laughs> sleepy. I played video games too late last night. You said, I wondered. You're like, I'm just going to play for a little bit after I went to bed. I'm like, I lied. Megan's an adult, but I know that she's going to play for longer than a little bit. <laughs> I lied. But I still got up and went to work at a normal time. This is what hungover people must feel like. <laughs> Except I was just sleepy all day instead. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone else, we also believe in you and hope you have a great week. And we'll see you guys next time on the Flippity Flop. Bye. Bye. Thank you everyone so much for tuning in to My Sister Made Me View It, the 1999 Roswell edition. Yes, it's up a couple hours late. Uh, It's just been one of those weeks. I'm also going to profusely apologize because it is also my fault that our last Words of Radiance episode was up so late. So Ted, I apologize that it was up late. Uh, There was no reason for it. I just got busy. It was a really stupid reason. Uh, And I think I even uploaded the wrong version. It doesn't have music. So I'll fix that eventually. It's just been a week. But uh, Meg and I are so happy that you've tuned in and have listened. We just love having you here. I am right now prepping for a week alone. Because Megan's getting ready to go on the Writing Excuses cruise where she gets to guest lecture with like Brandon Sanderson and Dan Wells and Howard Taylor and all these fun, fun, fun people. And she went shopping and has a fun new wardrobe and she's going to have a blast, but I'm going to miss her. So I am being a good sister and I'm going to babysit all the animals and have a week to myself. So I'm very excited. If you enjoyed this last episode, I have great news for you. We have another episode coming up next week, which is September the 15th. We are going to be posting, that wasn't great English, I will be posting our next Words of Radiance episode on time uh, so you can listen to Megan and I talk uh, in this uh, section of our podcast. Megan is the one who is the expert in all things Cosmere, Brandon Sanderson, all of that fun stuff. I am brand new to it, so we're reading a few chapters at a time and, and getting through the book that way. So that episode will go up again Thursday, September the 15th. And then all you have to do is wait another week for September the 22nd and our next Roswell episode will be up. And we just flip-flop each week. 
Um, we will be recording one to watch by Kate Stamen London, but like I said, things have gotten a little crazy. That's going to get pushed back a little bit. So we will let you know when we're getting ready to post those as well. So you can be ready for that. Um, again, just thank you for coming and hanging out with us. And if you enjoyed it, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a little review, leave us a little rating, let us know. Uh, we love hearing from our listeners. We love getting emails. Those of you who have emailed us, you are our favorite people. You can reach us at sismademeviewit at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram under that same handle. Uh, because things are so crazy, we don't post a lot there, but when we do, you will be the first to see it. And with that, I'm going to close out by saying again, thank you to Michael Biancardi for the use of his song, A Passing Storm, for our intro and our outro. Uh, it's a great song. We use it for all our podcast feeds. And in the meantime, I hope that this week goes well. Those of you who have started school, that it is going well and you are finding joy in learning or making new friends or just I hope you find happiness in what you are doing. And remember, we believe in you. Mm -hmm.